0: Here with my guest Jake Becker. Hey, Jake. Hey. This is Daniel Reskin, and this is the inaugural episode of the Stand Down podcast. <laughs> um, an exploration of the love-hate relationship that comedy, stand-up comedy mainly, but all comedy, can have on us—the the ups and downs, why people step away, why people pause. Um, I myself am in a, in a weird kind of a pause, midlife comedy crisis. And this podcast is a way to explore that and talk with other people. I've been doing comedy 13, 14 years, and that's, you know, one of those things you can debate is, is that, was I doing it the entire time? (laughs) How hard was I doing it? (laughs) Yeah. If you boil those years down.
1: How how many weeks were you actually out? Right. Yeah. The smaller breaks before the big one.
0: Right. But I've been, at least in the scene and in the game, long enough to have seen many people, many funny, great people stop. For a variety of reasons. Yeah. Some of my favorites. Yeah. And, and honestly, as good as the people are at the top, I feel like there's way better people who had to stop along the way. Yeah. Because life happened. Yeah.
1: Or they they just didn't have it in them to grind it out forever. Right. Ever.
0: It's, yeah. like, it's a mix between not wanting to put in the hard work or not being able to slash deciding it's not worth it. Yeah. Or some version of that, your own truth to that. I mean, comedy can chew some people up. Oh, yeah. Comedy can shred some people. Like, it's great, and it's therapeutic, and it's revelatory, and it's a pure mode of connecting, etc. But some people, they should not be out all night. They should not be in bars every day. They should not be hanging with certain types <laughs> of crowds of, you know, carefree folks. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, it can be life-breaking if not done the right way. Yeah. Or, or
1: yeah. You can de- you can definitely attack it with Which all those intentions and fuck yourself over.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Many ways to fuck yourself over. So, so you were one of the first people I met when I moved to Denver. I moved to Denver about five years ago from Miami after doing comedy for like six, seven years. Damn. there. It's five years. Yeah. That's wild. It's been a been a, a little chunk now.
1: Hell yeah, we're getting old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we we're the lucky ones. So, <laughs> you know. Uh. Um. And you were one of the first people I met. I remember we were at Deer Pile, which was a now dead, but very favored local venue. Yeah. A little indie spot on top of the vegan st- restaurant. Um, and there are people in the hallway. Everyone's funny. And it was that point where I just moved here and like everyone could be a comedian. Yeah. Everyone could be someone else or everyone could be anyone.
1: Just going into every situation
0: blind. Yes. Yeah. And and everyone was funny, and you were one of the funny hallway people. Hell yeah. And I was like, oh, do you do comedy? And you are like, ah, I used to, but I'm lazy. Yep. And that just hit me, and I was like, whoa. And coming from Miami, the small scene, I'm like, it's such a rich scene to have. There are people here that exist in the scene that it's so good that they don't necessarily want to do comedy, but they still want to be a part of the comedy scene or
1: that and it's that weird thing of like while you're in comedy you kind of i don't know about you but i like i don't see any of my old normal friends anymore
0: you're non you're before comedy yeah friends. i
1: lost all my non-comedy friends <laughs> when i was really humping comedy when i was right. driving up to denver every night and staying out till the middle of the night and then going back and going to work and turn around and coming back to do a podcast and From Colorado Springs? Yeah, because I did... The first couple of years I was doing comedy, I was living in Colorado Springs, and I was a machinist. I was a prototype machinist. Hmm. And, uh... Yeah, so, like, I alienated... Almost everybody I grew up with. It's a cult. And then that other factor of like, then in your twenties, all my civilian friends built weird, like, serious lives. <laughs> Where now it's if I hit up, you know, my best friends from before I did comedy and was like, "Hey Zach, you want to smoke a bowl and watch that new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?" He'd be like, "No nah, man, I got the kid. I gotta put the kid to <laughs> bed. Yeah, the wife's got work early, so I'm in charge tonight. Like, oh, okay, cool. Fuck that. Yeah. So it's that other thing of like, once you've ingrained yourself into like, hmm." The comedian friendship groups...
0: That lifestyle. There's a certain pause aspect to the comedian as- uh, lifestyle. Yeah,
1: we're out all night.
0: resets you to, like, a teenage, early 20s kind of a It's very mentality. much
1: like late junior high, early high school where, like, we're, we're, we all have to be at a place just to hit that, you know, five to seven minutes we're going to get at <laughs> the mic. Yeah. But everyone has to kill, you know, unless you're leaving early, which I feel like was less of a thing back in the day, but... <laughs> Right. We're all there killing two or three hours. Everybody's just standing outside, talking, <laughs> shooting shit, trying to get each other to laugh when we should have been watching each other. But,
2: mm.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's definitely part of it, because I, I think about that sometimes now.
0: Because I got, like, one friend who's not a comedian. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, thinking about what exactly, like, oh, it's just, you...
1: it's it's weird.
0: Just the, just the, how the paths diverge. Or even now, when I don't
1: have the drive to, like, go to a mic... To tell jokes. that mm-hmm. if I'm like bored on a Thursday night, I'll go to a mic to see all my friends.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> like and yeah, the... <laughs> I mean, from a, you zoom out from an alien perspective, you've expended nearly identical amounts of energy. The exact amount. I just I <laughs> probably just... even more energy because you're having charismatic conversations with your friends. Yep. For a lot of the night, rather than just one, being quiet high. and waiting for that one pop. Yep. Which is a wonderful pop. And don't get me wrong, I'm coming from this, you know. Post perspective, but I love and have you know. Oh yeah, getting laughs. I don't want to is be the one best. of those people who's like, "Oh, I was a real comedian." Oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. like I, you know, I'm barely removed from it. I still have a gig. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm starting my, my podcast back up. And you've
0: had a bo- podcast, yeah. so well, let's talk about why you stopped in the first place. Honestly, what year was it? Well, how long before I got there? It was when I, I got know, there. I like, say
1: 2015. I puttered out. Well, I was still doing. The random show here or there in 2015, but I like I wasn't going to Mike anymore. Really, what killed it for me, man, is I made, I made a big decision about comedy, that I thought was a good move for me, and it was stupid, and I just didn't know that, hmm. and I wasn't, I I wasn't smart enough to ask all the people for advice and shit, but I don't know that I would have taken it anyway. But when I was a machinist, I was making great. Great money, <laughs> uh, but I was I was terrified because it was getting to the point where I was coming up three or four nights a week on work nights, and like getting home because I'd get done here at eleven o'clock midnight, and you know tear away from everybody by like twelve to one o'clock in the morning. Sure. Get home at like two thirty. Get to bed at like four, and then be up at six fifteen to go move Oof. twelve tons of steel on brakes and lathes and CNCs and. I worked right. with dudes with missing limbs and shit, and right. so like I was just getting in my head f- of like if I really yeah, and I was like if I really want to attack comedy, whew, I probably need to take a less commitment of a job.
0: Well, you eventually hit that point, right, and then, where you have to balance where, the work. Yeah, whereas... comedy like, goes well enough that you're like maybe I should stop doing the other thing as much as, as much I do. and
1: like try to concentrate on comedy. But so I, did you
0: try and half and half it or?
1: no, I. No, because I, 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 I couldn't reduced... really go, like, part-time at the machine shop. And I was telling... I was good friends with Kayvon mm-hmm. uh, Calabari, who, used to, who runs Sexpot and used to operate Sexpot. Um, Which you'll probably hear I, about throughout the But this I've been buying... I was buying weed off a of Kayvon store f- since, like, almost <clears throat> when it opened. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just buddies. I was... The, the weed scene was much smaller back in the day. And the comedy scene. And the comedy scene, for sure. And, uh... Yeah, we, we'd hang out, because I'd drive up from the Springs, go, go to the pot store, grab a bunch of fucking weed, because that's back when they closed at 7pm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then he and I would usually kill an hour, unless it was Friday when I was going to Three Kings for the early, i like, we'd kill an hour or two and get high at his house, or go to like, see a movie or something, because mm-hmm. I lived in the Springs, I didn't have shit to do. Uh, and then one day we were just shooting the shit, and I was telling him, like I think I gotta like take less of a commitment on work if I wanna like tackle... Comedy as hard as I really want to, and he was like, "Quit your job. I'll give you a job at the dispensary." Bam. Move, move up, live in my house. So I was like, "Sweet." That's, well, that's fucking. That sounds like yeah. a good
0: But uh, I, I mean, right? It, it sounds good in the moment, it, you know. It, it that's it's a sa- nice fast pass. All I'm of like, it
1: sounded smart yeah. to me. Like work less. Sure. I'll have more energy to do comedy. Sure. I'll have more time to do comedy. I'll be closer to comedy living in Denver. And but I was I was wrong. I don't do well as a person when I'm not like comfortable with money.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I don't
1: sit around and write jokes when I'm worried about bills. Yeah. And like, but that was, I didn't realize that until I'd already like stopped doing comedy.
0: Sure. That's not a thing you realize and that, you know, you have the crowd of people who like to scrape and struggle. Yeah. They live from gig to gig and they live in seven to a house, which is cool if you want to do that for whatever, but... Other people? Like I can't. Work. No, I don't
1: function like that.
0: I've always been a waiter. I've always been in food cert, you know, doing something. Yep. Yes, I agree, so.
1: And I wish I would have talked to people but, like But the Chris dispensary didn't provide that for you? No. I mean, I made okay money, but I wasn't.
0: Oh, I mean, you were making very specialized. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was making money like,
1: I'm going to go buy a $200 pair of shoes because it's Tuesday, and I got out of work early. Oh, well, come on. Yeah. You
0: have champagne bubble bats. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't expect that.
1: No, but I definitely went to living like this like, we're in my room right now, but I went I went to living very much with, like, roommates again, mm-hmm. and just, like, you know, eating once a day a lot of the time to make money, stretch, <laughs> and okay, shit like that. And it wasn't enough to where, like, I was miserable or poor to the point where, like, I was dead. That's why I didn't realize that that was, like, the thing. But like, yeah, when I mean, that's and, part of
0: the part of the hustle, part of the allure and to be customer service, to
1: I, I lost when I started mm-hmm. having to like smile at people and talk to people all day, I kind of lost like, Did it
0: drain you in a different way
1: I, It in a way where it like didn't drain me, but I kind of definitely lost the part of me that wanted to like, like desperately wanted to go be on stage.
0: The pleasing, the people pleasing or the, uh, not no, just like, validation you know what from... I mean?
1: They're like that huh. craving to go be on stage. Okay. When there's something that like on paper you should, you, everyone you know should rather be doing than going and standing outside in December to wait to go do a fucking mic. Right. And just chain smoking for an hour to go do five minutes of jokes. Uh-huh. Like, th- I lost that when I was doing customer service. I lost the thing where I'd get mm. off work and be like, oh, oh I get
0: to do that fight. I need this, now. There's that mic tonight. I'm going to go over to Scruffy's, and then, and then I'm going to do hit that other one. I,
1: yeah, being a people pleaser all day at work made me lose okay, the so, like
0: Okay, so say we can peer through the multiverse and see the version of you that never quit being a machinist.
1: I think I would have kept doing stand-up longer. But I don't know, because... I might have burned out on the drive, but at the same time, there's comedy shows in the Springs now. Mm. I mean, Looney's was a fucking joke when I started comedy nine years ago, uh-huh. and there was there was no, like a thriving scene there was no open now, mic. Yeah. There was one poetry open mic in town that you could do comedy at if you wanted to.
0: Right. Parts of Miami were like that where I started. Yeah, I think there's something about starting in a non-central place, too, that's kind of part of a fun comedy journey.
1: It it was, but it was there was nothing. And, and starting I,
0: in New York is cool too.
1: And I was too yeah, but I was too Different. green to know how to like go talk to a blue bar owner and get a mic going.
0: Yeah. And I had no business running when, a when mic. When no one has shown you how to comic. start the scene. Yeah. Then you're not how do you start the scene like no. And that's a big part problem with Miami is as soon as everyone gets good, they leave. So there's no one around to be good examples of what to do for the youngers. Well, and that
1: was that's like the third thing in me really like slamming on the brakes in Denver, hmm. is that it really went from like a a centralized scene that wasn't clicky uh-huh. and very much run by like the upperclassmen in the scene and it's it's not a bad thing but it the dynamic changed to where like I think
0: numbers just it has to happen the numbers it had fracture to happen. and styles emerge and schools well and denver popped denver itself denver right, itself the pops. Exploded, so now there were sure. more
1: bars willing to give out open mics and they were going to you know first and second year comics
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i i it just it got the whole thing got watered down for me on top of kind of losing my drive. Sure, there was like less value. We lost Pile, We each... lost Growlix, We yeah. lost.
0: Yeah, there's there's been a bunch along the way. So
1: then, yeah, so then it kind of got to the point where it was like, man, well, now I'm fucking tired and had to talk hmm. to people all day. And which big showcase am I working for in town now? Right. Like I don't want to go to this damn mic tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hamburger and take my shoes off and go to bed like a normal (laughs) person after the tonight show's over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So was it like a deliberate decision, or did you just start? You just made your body decided. I just started skipping tonight. I just started skipping mics, Mm -hmm.
1: and it. It.
0: I think that was similar to me too.
1: It was a slow build up on like just stopping mics. And one I was spoiled at the beginning of comedy. When I started comedy, hmm. me, Jake Brown, and Zach Moss all started comedy together on the same night for sex pot. And it was just really? like, yeah, we we did the sex pot. We it was the first sex pot show, but we did all the sex pot shows until we moved them to the Oriental.
0: You were on all of them. All every single As one. As beginners.
1: Me, Matt me Yeah, we'd open everyone. Brown mostly, um, MC'd shit out. and and see yeah. like a couple of minutes here and there. Sure, it, I'm sure there's locals listening. This. Um, yeah. Moss was the worst fucking comedian I've ever seen. <laughs> the first night we did it, man. That's funny because he's the he's, one of the three. He's who's so still doing am- comedy right and now, and he's so amazing. Like yeah. he's truly very like one of my funniest friends, and he was one of my funniest friends then. <clears throat> but there there's a couple of sets he did that like just didn't even make sense. That are precious in my memory. Yeah, like Moss going up to a microphone and be like. <laughs> pickles <laughs> right and then going into the next joke right yeah there it was amazing and he was There's a so friend. much you
0: don't know you don't know at that point
1: <clears throat> it's true and uh and that
0: can be fun but we were like
1: you know second month in opening for like nick thune and tj and <laughs> yeah that's guy uh, that's crazy. tj wasn't canceled yet at that point <laughs> uh, asterix had
0: to get me canceled before the show. Yeah,
1: a, bu- a bunch of people, and we were doing this monthly showcase that we had on the schedule once a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we didn't have to mic to get it.
0: <laughs> so you were you were definitely spoiled oh, as definitely, far as a new sp- comedian. You I was had like definitely these spoiled. Not just plentiful gigs, but high-quality caliber gigs. Yeah, they were fun. You were getting paid? No. Okay.
1: I mean, I, weed, though, I, I was going to say, I think we were getting weed,
0: but... Mm. Yeah, that that was, was back sh- then when we, we often saw people get paid in weed, especially from shows that owned weed places that ran shows. But... Oh, yeah,
1: these used to be in a pizza shop with a giant curtain pulled over all the windows where everybody was smoking pot inside. It was little the, yeah. the original sex pot shows, yeah. The yeah. whole crowd would be high off their ass.
0: That was definitely a golden age, it seems, of uh, Denver comedy, was the sex pot comedy era. The, the beginning the of modern, it. Uh, Yeah, The beginning of, of modern Denver comedy.
1: Yeah, the beginning of it was great, but... Also, I mean, like, the Growlix guys were bringing dudes to town. Yeah, to, that was another... To do midweek shows and stuff. Guys that weren't being just flown in and and bankrolled by the clubs in town. So they'd be around and have time to kill and be more willing to do things with everybody in, in the scene. Right. Willing be, to do cheap shows because they were already rub- getting paid to be there. Well, and they wouldn't be rubbing a boss the wrong way. Not to say that mm. any of the club owners necessarily strong-armed somebody, but that puts you in a weirder position and especially if you're already an anxious person who's prone to doing comedy <laughs> right? being like well I don't know if I should do free shows because this one person paid me a lot to be here and also my hotel room and my plane yeah
0: Yeah. exactly yeah that's that, one of the decisions we have to make for ourselves because you have to be kind of already famous to have a manager in yeah. a way yep. a certain level of uh, accomplice which is not a word but it might be <laughs>
1: And then, and then recently there was just a lot
0: of fighting in the scene, like what, two years ago? There has been kind of, yeah. And yeah. And there was the big, uh, you know, male, female. And Yeah. And I think that's base. when I
1: started like out loud acknowledging to myself and my friends. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you know, when you, when you started slowing down, you run into somebody and then just have friends be like, where the fuck have you been? Like go get on right now? Sign up. Mm-hmm. You're here now. Sign up. Yeah. Do it. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, no do it and then I was finally around when I hit like now nah, I'm fucking good I think I quit like I think I'm done hmm. like I I don't know right it feels feels done
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean you have to say that but that's the thing like you you still go out I am the kind of person that I've just I'm like if I'm not doing comedy I, I can't go out and it'll be weird and I'm not really a part of the scene anymore and I've been so quiet and, da, 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 and like and so I just stay away yeah that's sadly, and like, and then I look back and <clears throat> like, I wish I kind of could be more of a calm voice to some of the younger comics during the crazy shit or during the, yeah you know, weird events that happened because I was in Miami and it was cool. And yeah. like someone was to me when I was younger and I really appreciated that. Um, so, you know, I felt like kind of an absentee uncle sometimes, like a fun uncle. Yeah. Comes out and it's like, oh, he's so fun for a while. Why does he disappear for three years? What's he doing? Like, <laughs> well, what? I'll
1: disappear for months, but yeah, yeah. If, I get a, if I get the urge to see a human being, mm-hmm. I will just be like, I'll, I'll go over to Rocksteady and see what everybody's doing. Yeah. Everybody's there.
0: About how long did you stand up for?
1: Fuck, I don't know. Like three or four years, like four years, and
0: then just started tapering off. Mm-hmm. to where it was real intermittent and but and you still do other comedy-ish things like the podcast most notably yeah or i've
1: done like that storytelling show in town we still like you mm-hmm. a couple of times since i've definitely not done comedy right and that's that's still what, fun. what
0: makes you do something like that uh they ask and and i know that i've done some really so they they know you do that kind of stuff and then they ask but you're not going out of your way to be like, you know what? I need to scratch this performance itch. No, but I do. I, I, well, but does it get scratched oh, anyway? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's, <laughs> and
1: that's the, the, the shitty thing is I still really like getting laughs. Even if I'm at like a party with a bunch of civilians and mm. can, can like control it for three or four minutes and rub laughs out of everybody. Yeah, uh, right. It's and still the same height. And then I feel dirty because I'm like, time. I just manipulated all these people and they don't really know. They think I'm actually fun.
0: And wait wait a second <laughs> that's a can of worms uh wait just because you know principles of comedy no because i think they you're... think i'm doing
1: it to like be fun whereas like i'm doing it to make sure i can get laughs out of the room
0: okay <laughs> you know i think those are two sides of the same coin i guess you know you're looking yeah but at i remember they're when, they're when i was younger and
1: i'd be funny just because i was having fun
0: <laughs> the reaction is great and that's why you do it yeah i mean that's it's conditioning yeah. 101 because I think, you know, besides all the people that had to quit stand-up comedy, yeah. you have all the people who never started stand-up comedy, and who would be incredible at it. Yeah. And everyone knows people in their life are funny and, and charismatic, I, and even people who aren't, who could somehow be like the Mitch Hedberg, and who knows? I don't like...
1: know very many comedians who won't say at some point, especially doing whiskey and cigarettes. Mm. It's I've, I've elicited the line out of so many great comedians of like, well, the funniest person I know is my best friend from childhood. Right. Like, and that's, I've heard that out of so many fucking great comedians, that it's like, Mm -hmm. like, how does Dana Gould have a best friend that he grew up with who's funnier than him? Like, who the fuck is that guy? Why haven't you pressured him into
0: this job? Well, you know what? I think there's, there's gotta be a half and half in there, because, yes, that person's funny, but... It's Dana Gould's incredible, brilliant comedy mind that the, can, and lifetime association uh-huh. with this individual the who can bounce are, off with, yeah. So only to you know, there's a special subjectivity to it all. I get it for sure, I'm but ca- yeah. at the same point, like yes, a hundred percent. It's fucking. Nuts. I'm sure that guy could be better than ninety percent of the scene w- in a week. Yeah, you know, like with very little training. Yeah, 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 um, and so because again, if you know. If everyone wasn't funny, only comics would watch comics. Yeah. And that's just open mics, not actual comics. <laughs> that's. Uh. <laughs> uh. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, I. but yeah, I still. I like doing stuff like We Still Like You. That one, too. It's a fun storytelling show, and I've done a bunch of fucked up shit. And, I, like, that's the idea of the show. Can
0: you just give us a quick example of some uh, fucked up shit?
1: I sold a lot. Wait, wait, I. I, got a, I, I did bad things with drugs in high school. Like, I love it. You can be as vague as you want. I'm fine. I, I got a bunch of my friends addicted to heroin, and they're all, they're all <laughs> dead now. Uh, <laughs> like, stories like that.
0: <laughs> Spit take.
1: One, one time I, like, kicked my dad out of the house when I was 15 for a couple of years.
0: Uh, this sounds like uh, an extreme version of Malcolm in the Middle.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I, I did so much heroin between when I was, like... Six Sixteen and twenty-one. Mm. That I did a lot of crazy shit.
0: I can see why. I and can so, understand. The, so it's uh, fun for that reason too. So I, <laughs> and
1: I appreciate that they're like we like we want to have a crazy story tonight, and like that's that's fun. And it, so you it's always nice have one,
0: a crazy story in your back pocket. Yeah,
1: and then the podcast, like I never. We used to, uh, Zach Moss, Jake Brown, and I used to do a podcast called Whiskey and Cigarettes where we'd interview touring comedians. And even people like me. Yeah, local comedians. It was the
0: first podcast I was on here.
1: Yeah. And it was a blast, but, uh, Jake Brown quit the podcast at one point, which is fine. And, uh, Zach, and then Zach and I continued it, but it was like, Jake quit right at the time Zach started touring. And like getting road gigs with people and feature sets where he'd, he'd be gone all the time. So our schedule got wonky Mm -hmm. and then it got to where, you know, like a year later, Zach was working even more and we were maybe doing an episode every eight months. And so then that kind of just died a natural death. Sure. It was, it was too hard to get it going. Booking out of town comedians to do a podcast on a specific morning is, to be
0: to be like regular sustainable is
1: always a 50 50 shot once you even get the confirmation whether or not they're going to still want to do it after a night of partying and doing a show in denver and yeah so like yeah it just it, it so many x factors it fell away and you're kind, of, kind
0: of the victim of your own successes yeah
1: oh definitely like bravo to zach he's killing it but I mean, he, he got too busy to it was a launch kind of a, a, a launch yeah. pad in a way right and then uh while we were doing that I became friends with the broadcast geeks guys mm-hmm. and did their show a couple of times. And then just, they like, they invited me to do it all the time. And that was kind of when whiskey and cigarettes was dying. So okay. I was like, yeah, I need, a, I need something to do on Sundays. This is perfect.
0: <laughs> Can uh, I still talk into a microphone and be opinionated?
1: That sounds amazing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing that with those guys, but I mean, that's more of a niche podcast that,
0: Kind of. I mean, I haven't put less out of a w- niche, but more of a genre these days. I haven't
1: put out a whiskey and cigarettes in almost two years, and I can almost guarantee my last
0: episode got more downloads this week than Broadcast Geeks. Like, the the last... Wow, really? Uh-huh. A two-year-old episode got more... Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Right, but because you had
0: built such a network and kind of like... That, and like... You have some actual, you know, you have good names. And so. just
1: dynamics of podcasting. Like, people that, mm. people that are super into nerd shit have a million avenues to entertain themselves with that. Sure. If you're a comedy nerd, you know, like there's only there's only so many podcasts, and you'll run through them if, mm. if you're a nerd, and then start looking. and We've had enough great guests that we get found and downloaded more than we get we get more downloads since we quit than we did while we were doing it. <laughs> but I think that has shit to do uh, with like people like perfect. Nikki Glazer and Ron Funches and all these people that were just you know people that were here once a month. Mm-hmm. once every other month back in the we day caught we them on their it. way up yeah we hung out with all the time we'd ask them like can you come by Zach's and mm-hmm. get high into do a
0: podcast
1: and now those get huge numbers huh but we're bringing that back the podcast whiskey and cigarettes oh cool yeah.
0: what, what made that happen
1: uh, Zach and I just missed doing it mm. and uh, and Jake's gonna come back No.
0: Zach and I miss doing it. I got you. (laughs) uh, Jake's a very industrious man. I'm going to try and get him on the podcast. got his own stuff
1: going on. Yeah, he's a busy dude. He's got his uh, seltzer festivals and his weed festivals and his fiance and his kid and his his whole life. Yeah. He's a
0: a fun, cool, lots of stuff going on. He'll be an interesting interview. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure you ask him about that Aaron Hernandez documentary.
0: All right. I, I don't know. He's oh, a, right. They, like, put his picture in it. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay.
1: I just, I just want to yeah. be able to listen to a podcast where he <laughs> talks about it. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> well, I'll see if I can uh, bring it up organically. Um, don't. Just say Becker wanted me to ask Hey, it. yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> true. That is. That's all I need. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I... Like, I still enjoy doing the podcast. And, I, like, I enjoy doing this. I like hanging out with a friend. And it's a weird thing. Like, um... I've, I've heard a bunch of other podcasts talk about, like, you know, Kevin Smith, Pete Holmes fucking burr but it's weird how like forcing this will force so much better conversation than just like hey man you want to hang out at my house for like an hour later
0: the the pressure and the structure of a actual recording just
1: structuring a conversation like just yeah really just structuring the recording of it it doesn't even have to be a structured interview Mm -hmm. how much more that makes people present there's there's an on switch
0: yeah sure and if, you're, if you do comedy long enough, you'll learn how to flick it when you need it.
1: Yeah, but I'm also terrified that, like, is this how people just conversated all the time before we had phones and shit?
0: Hmm. Did people pay more attention? They, in interviews, they... I think in interviews there's a certain just timeless quality to... Because I am interviewing you now. Yeah, yeah,
1: but I mean, like, yeah. when you had to kill time before a haircut yeah. in a place and didn't have anything to, like, just pull out of your lap and be the most yeah. entertained you wanted to be... And the other person was bored as fuck, too. You'd probably listen to what they had to say in a better way than now where I'm like, oh, that's cool.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Check out these shoes I like. Infinitely more interesting options, possibly, in it's... this rectangle. Yeah. That's changed a ton of how everything is. And part of part of the comedy craziness is like, I try to wonder, you know, did I change? Did comedy change? Obviously, we both have. How You know, like... The scene definitely changed in Denver. It got a lot bigger. Sure. And it it got... Victim of its own success, like the city. Yep. There's still great things, but, you know, the numbers are higher, so there's more trash, there's more treasure.
1: Yeah. And I I think there's a lot more treasure now. I mean, there's some fucking amazing comedians in town. Noah Reynolds is, like, one of the funniest people I've ever seen in my fucking life. Mm Mm-hmm. The, that kid I agree I, f-
0: I, I like well I don't know about my life but I'm a big Noah Reynolds fan uh, Noah Reynolds is but one I of the, can't, I know. fell
1: over sweating at a fucking comedy <laughs> show watching him yell at an audience last summer and it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> were you there were you in Trinidad yeah were you I, there I when know Noah yelled at that, the that. audience I don't know. at the open
0: mic I don't think I was at like that
1: Noah yelling at all those yokels they, they, they came around when he started yelling they were laughing at him yelling at them He's the kind of person
0: who, when he insults you, it makes you happy and gleeful. He's the kind of curmudgeon that, like, has to be built by God. You, I think, you can't will that upon you know, yourself. I'll, I'll say there's a definitely, like, a Rickles quality to him. Yeah. Like, a young, young, nebbishy Rickles. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you know, that's good that you still appreciate comedy, because for for a minute, I couldn't. Yeah. For a minute, I was so mad at myself for quitting... That even just watching comedy would remind me of my own failures, and I couldn't separate
1: it. I, I can barely watch specials. Yeah. Yeah, it bums me out deeply.
0: And is it, like, <laughs> is it a mix of that, or is it, like, in the back of the head, you see yourself on that stage, and you're like, I could totally be doing that. <laughs> no, it's not It's not or like that. It's it... just
1: like, man, I should fucking go back.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I, I, do, I, do, I do have that conversation with myself. Very often, and then get home from work and remember exactly why. I don't why you kind of <laughs> stop? Oh yeah, I got right. this hash rig and a TV, <laughs> so I'm gonna do that.
0: It's the same thing. It's like, man, I should rob that bank. Oh wait a second, there's like policemen and guns and cameras and stuff. No, you know what? I sh- I'm not gonna rob that bank. Yeah, it's not as easy. The as money a... would be oh, really be, nice. Yeah, all the adoration from the criminal scene.
1: But the effort sounds like a
0: bitch. I mean, but then there's all these yeah, this like, thief pr- promoters and bookers and. I have to mark of you know, there's a lot of things that come with it, but, you know, I can always hear that counter voice saying, well, that's fucking comedy, and if you don't like it, you get out. Yep. Get the fuck out. New York. Move it through Boston. Get, oh, you're weak. Yeah. You know, and I get that, but then that's the same argument that you can make I to, mean, like, a low-income family who's struggling I mean, I still leave my problems. joke notebook
1: on my desk. It's covered in, like, a... Th- Thick layer of dust there's, that I just fingered up, grabbing it. But,
0: oh, I was gonna get a picture of the dusty. Oh hair. my that's bad. That's fine. But it's so that's a perfect analogy. That's a that's a good uh kind of a sub, uh, picture like a dusty notebook. Yeah. As I figure out the logos and stuff for this.
1: I I had the realization like doing laundry a couple weeks like after we talked about doing this podcast mm-hmm. just like a week ago. I was doing laundry and realized that like the jeans I've bought in the last two years don't. My my left pocket doesn't have a worn and spot for my joke notebook because I don't carry it anymore. Um, I don't take it anywhere. Those it's, are the little things. Yeah, that that bummed me out too. Those
0: are the beautiful little.
1: Man, mm, I, mean, I haven't I've, written down an idea. All those right? Years. I remember
0: my corduroy pants with a big old weird worn square, and the other one like. Yep. That's it. That's funny. Yes, those are the exact uh, bittersweets. I love those little moments. I mean, that's why you become a comedian. And then once you kind of stop doing that, your brain is still a comedian in many ways. Like once you've kind of walked down those hallways, like the rooms are all there. whether you open them or not, a lot of times like and so now you're using this comedy brain to end to yeah. go, you kind of have to downshift in ways or I know you know there are a lot of people who go and be funny in their office or their workspace, and that's cool too, unless yeah. you're like really but if you're dominating on all dominating it, yeah. yeah, exactly yeah. like. Then it's like, come on, let other people get the final laugh sometimes. And... Yeah, be a person. But I do have to remind myself, like, I'm in the kitchen. People are always... Kitchen people are great. They're witty and they're dirty. Oh, and, yeah, kitchens you know... are fucking fun. But sometimes I have to remind myself, like, you know what? I won't retort to this last fight. We've been going back and forth. I'll let them get the last laugh on this one. You know, yeah. like, I don't always have to be that guy. or whatever, You know?
1: Yep. I I mostly... cause And again, because I still hang out with comics. That's that's the other thing about it is probably the biggest reason I wanted to be a comedian since I was a kid. I'm a huge comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. I fucking love comedy, like all old comedy, all of it. Yeah. I when I was selling all those drugs When you, high school. When you say making,
0: old comedy,
1: I mean like I love Shelley Berman and.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that we're talking Borscht Belt uh, Yeah, I love yeah, Brooks and all, Green, that, all like. of it,
1: man. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'll, I'll watch.
0: It was a different era, for sure. I mean, that's like the Maisel Age, almost. Have yeah, you, very you much. Of that?
1: The, that shit happened to people back then. Mm. You, were, you were a fucking lunatic in society if you wanted to be a comedian in the yeah. 50s. Like, that was wild. <laughs> it was weird to want to be vaudevillian, but at least there was a structure that made that work. Hmm. Where you, you toured the theaters that were in the thing. People accepted that. Well Who's on first was like, what... 30 years 40. away from George Carlin opening an album talking about pussy farts? <laughs> right. Those 30 years. Right, as you're talking
0: about diametrically opposed, like
1: different hands of comedy. Yeah, not as much has happened between uh, then and now I don't know. happened in the
0: beginning. I think R- pussy farts, f- from pussy farts to just like hyper. Woke societal structural. I I think
1: social awareness has changed, but but, but
0: Colin was definitely doing versions of that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I For th- sure, I think col like. He was calling out wokeness and like we call it post traumatic stress syndrome now. It used to be called shell shock.
1: Yeah, 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 like I, that,
0: all that kind
2: of shit.
1: Yeah, they they were striving to make it 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 had already changed from like. Goofball juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. To commentary on society. Sure. And and not underhanded, soft through, goofy juxtaposition, but like mm-hmm. people don't talk about pussy parts anymore.
0: <laughs> Yet you also have like the clean, weird comedy of the '80s and '90s, and the, oh yeah, like, totally the weird character, like non-real at all human. And then that's the that's the beautiful great, thing that came out of yeah, comedy is that there's
1: somebody for everyone.
0: Right. Yeah. Now more than ever, with how we see things
1: and how we can access it cuz you don't need a record deal or you there there are podcasts you can find somebody that you you love their whole attitude and personality
0: deeply but as good as it is if you could start comedy at any time would it oh, be now? Oh, fuck no, late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, back when uh, I could make original ideas fresh? No, I mean, it, and there's just, still plenty of original and ideas. And just
1: talking yeah. to some older comedians. Greg Proops has told me some like pay scales from the 80s that make my oh. fucking stomach I mean, hurt.
0: Yes, there's a comedy boom, and the comedy economy has been through its own booms yeah, so and busts.
1: I would have loved to have started in the late 70s and been good by the boom.
0: <laughs> but then again, you'd be, uh, you'd be in your 70s by now? Now you would have a good life. Yeah, okay. there's a bunch of happy 7-year-old comedians. Cuz I mean now is now I think is great, but I think for some people it's better and then for for someone like me who's so I want to know so much about what's happening in the room before I jump in the room. Yeah. That now the room is so big that I might explore the room forever before I've even go on stage. Yeah. You know, I'm a very, yeah, it's that kind of I know a lot of people. They don't want to pick up a guitar unless they can shred. Yeah. It's like that's not how it works. That's not not how you you learn. It also just blows my mind. (sighs) I got to figure out my perspective on this thing. It's at
1: some point that Dice was the biggest motherfucker on the planet, throwing a (laughs) cigarette around around his neck, (laughs) making fun of fucking tough guys in his neighborhood to the point where it's become his
0: permanent persona. Yeah, but it's become more wise to be that than that. Yeah, unlike unlike Bobcat Goldway who has got an entirely new career being himself.
1: Yeah. I was blown away when he did The Voice on Bob's Burgers uh, two or three weeks ago.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah, I Is can't, that like he, that, he rarely dusts that I, boy out? No,
1: when and he gets very mad when people ask. I've seen him in shows. I've seen him in shows like, people like Do the voice! 15, 20 minutes early because somebody said it twice. Where like, if you ask once, he's polite about it. second time, he kind of goes off. Where he's wow. just like, cool, that... That lady ruined it for everyone. That blonde lady right there <laughs> ruined it for everyone. Show's over now. Wow. They're like, watching an MC scramble onto the stage at Comedy Works because they weren't even kind of ready for the set to be over. <laughs> that's, uh,
0: that's a way to teach empathy, one crowd at a time. I mean, yeah. Some public shaming. Respect people. I get it. You know, anyone coming from that era has a weird reckoning The poly Shores, Bobcats, people who are just, you know, they're the cable guy seamlessly. Transition. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and that's the other thing. People now study comedy more than ever and how to get ahead in comedy more than ever. And while there are are some tried and true things, like, you can't follow anyone's path and expect the same results. It it
1: can be different for every... It it has to be. Yeah, there's gonna... It's gonna be so different going forward. I think comedy's gonna be really weird.
0: Hmm. In, like... The next, like, 10, 20 years?
1: Yeah, man, there's not a unified language around american humor family guy am i right not not family guy as much but like uh our parents and our grandparents all grew up on merry melodies and fucking silly symphony and so did we because cable and entertainment hadn't grown and been niche enough yet that they were making and there was a small library we were getting saturday morning cartoons funneled down Hmm. and old film short cartoons funneled down to a cable st- cable stations when we were kids right and we we experienced all the silent comedy and all the classics through looney Tunes but we have we have right, a, even if we didn't know it even if we, saw, we didn't know right. it we all absorbed and had a language of comedy that existed hmm. and now everything's so personalized and easy to search out like just what you want there's gonna be a lot of Tim and Eric shit. Hmm. Like a lot, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's going to be cool. When you say
0: shit do you mean just like weird and unique, or just like independent,
1: like wildly different? Uh-huh. And and they're wildly different because of like trust funds and security and whatnot. <laughs> but I think there's going to be people where that's like the, that's the only way they'd be able to think. They won't be doing it for the sake of being weird. They'll be doing it because that's, that's what's normal. that's what's funny to sure. them.
0: What was counterculture last generation is normal Whereas this generation. I truly believe then, Tim you... and
1: Eric are reaching as far as they can because they think it's funny to do that. Like that's what's funny to them. It's funny for them to implement their humor on us. Uh huh. That is. It's more important odd. to be them
0: than it is to be funny. Right. Even though they really try to be funny, they're try. They're definitely right. trying to be funny, and I think sure. they're funny. But I. Th- Think their goals. They they went on. They stopped making their show like what eight, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, but yeah, but still one of those huge influences Mm -hmm. in the adult film generation and like Eric Andre, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that kind of. I I really think there's gonna be. But now, right? There's a legion of kids that are like thirteen now doing crazy shit like that. They've like that are growing up on watching YouTube, YouTube, YouTube and for sure. What is the other one? I mean, there's a ton of comedians
0: on YouTube though that you know, have found that reckoning when they go in front of a real crowd instead of their highly edited videos with their niche audience. Yeah. You know, but a lot of them also can get their niche audience to come out and they never have to leave their niche audience. So they actually kind of just... They get better, but in a weird, personalized way. And, I like, do know.
1: they want a live audience because they're holding themselves against, like, what comedy is now? Because if they're making all that money on YouTube, they don't really the need... The
0: incentive to do that is very small. Yeah. Right. It's... I mean... Back to Maisel, the, the lead said that they asked her to try comedy, and she was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm terrified. Yeah. You know? And, like, while I can respect that, because she was like, because it's so good, and da-da-da, I'm like, you kind of should have tried it. Yeah, like, just do it once. <laughs> try it. They should have Rachel Feinstein. Uh, no, no, no. She was great. She's good great. Uh, I'm such a critic. I can't allow myself to be a critic, though. But I'm the biggest critic of myself, as yeah. many comedians can be. Do you, uh... Do you do that to yourself? Like, the comedy brain can be abrasive. It can be erosive, kind of. Rubbing away at certain spots of the mind over and over again. And like, does your brain... Do you find there are kind of, like, vestigial comedic organs that are still pumping in your brain oh, that yeah. you need to deal with? Dude, there's,
1: like, two or three jokes I'll still try to work on when I'm trying to go to bed that, like, it'll piss <laughs> me off because it's not even a conscious decision uh-huh. to try to fix my fucking cheese it joke. <laughs>
0: You're working out material. I just
1: yeah, I'll just lay down. Like, uh, could be funny if I like for when and why. Why the fuck just go to sleep? <laughs> like, what? What are you uh, thinking about? Yeah, you could you could have said smarter shit to fucking girls when you were in high school too. Why aren't you dwelling? Like, it's just weird sure. that I think about. Mm-hmm. Spe- and it's it's specific jokes. It's not like I'm writing new shit. It's that weird math you do on like tags and stuff. Coming back to certain
0: things yeah. and hammering away at them. Do you think? uh Do you have? Well, back. When you were doing stand-up, what were your lofty ambitions, movie, special, yada yada?
1: Well, no, that's what I was kind of getting at with saying, like, I, part part of getting into stand-up was I was a huge comedy nerd, is, like, I, I just wanted to be a comedian. And I don't think that was wrong by any means. It was probably, like, a, just the best goal to have going into it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also what kind of made it easy to fade away. From doing it. As I've made all these friends. And I've ingrained myself in like communities. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I do it or not anymore. I, I go kick it with Proops when he's in town. And like that's hmm. what I want. I wanted to be good enough at comedy. That I could have. That like these heroes of mine could be my peers. Right. And a handful of them are. As much as I can handle. I mean peers? Not peers. Like yeah. Dude, know, I friends. go out and have yeah, right. fucking drinks and right, dinner. Right. Proops was here for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Me and my girlfriend went out with him. My ex went out with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just thinking comedic. I'm
0: like, Greg Proops is... No, or like... Obviously. Yeah, yeah me yeah. and Dana Gould talk um, about cars. But that's crazy. See, and like, you don't... A lot. <laughs> I would be like, oh, I'm not a comedian. They don't ask like... Yeah, me. No, yeah, I mean, no you, they do, and it doesn't matter. But they, but they we, live in a world where there's tons of personalities who don't do comedy, but are po- do yeah. comedy things all the time. But uh, I
1: wouldn't have had a way into that world if uh-huh. I wasn't doing stand-up
0: and the podcast and all that shit. So it's it's kind of like a uh, like how Steve Martin did stand-up comedy and then got to movies and was like, okay, I'm good with comedy. Uh and it was kind of like a ways to a means, a skill set and a vehicle. Yeah.
1: And and I don't it, again, like I don't I don't think that was my conscious goal, but I I know consciously that makes it easier for me to not pursue like, like if well, I you achieved your goal even yeah. local guys the like, comedy like, dreams, but like if Sam comedy Talent didn't want to be my friend anymore because I don't do stand up uh-huh. I'd be more inclined to probably keep wanting to just, like if I was did, it, that, if, it sounds so silly when you put it that way if I'm the like, scene cut me out because, be I, because I quit comedy though you right. know what I mean like if, uh-huh. if it, like if it was like a gang where you quit and now you're fucking persona Jumped non grata out. like yeah the, then I think it would have been a much harder thing for me to slow down and quit
0: right yeah right. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, and it's, it's cool also too that, not to say that everyone wants to be famous. It's kind of like some people want it and some people just know that it kind of has to happen for success to happen. Yeah. Um, but you just admired comedy and wanted to have relationships with the, the, the heroes you admired. I and, wanted to be good. And you I, achieved that.
1: Yeah. It was my favorite thing as a kid was like, laughing my got ass that. off you at You have a relationships set. with these yeah.
0: people and... That's so cool. Like, well, yeah. yeah, the
1: fact that like t- Todd Glass hung out with my mom because my mom loves Todd Glass from me watching oh. him and listening to him as a kid. Oh. So like last, last time he was in town, me, him, and my mom hung out and smoked a bunch of dope, <laughs> and he like he was riffing with my mom and it was the best. Like that's that's nice. the coolest. Right. Yeah. Well, and I got to make friends with a bunch of people that are fucked up in the head very similar to the way I'm fucked up in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I don't ever feel weird in a room full of comics. I'm, like, pretty well adjusted compared to a lot of my comedian friends. I'm right. terribly, oh, you... <laughs> terrible compared to all my civilian friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Blade situation.
1: I've never been embarrassed about, like, my Batman pillowcases when I bring a comedian over. It wouldn't even, like, cross my <laughs> mind. But I've brought co-workers home and been like, oh, god,
0: shit. Oh, should I have...
1: They're about to go into my castle of being a nine-year-old.
0: Let me put a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. So now, those were your goals back then. Do you have current goals that are in that realm of either creativity or comedy or some something in there?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I want to definitely want to get the podcast back going. We're doing that probably next week. We're going to do it this week, but Zach got very sick. I hope Zach's better. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I want to learn how to write, uh, better. Or not better i want to i want to learn how to write in a uh, more of a script format and i've been fucking around with that for a couple of months mm, a script a
0: script of what story was what kind of a all kinds of, i've done
1: again long I've had, form
0: short form show movie uh, short theater both
1: like i just i have that's
0: you want to write all kinds of things
1: yeah i just want to i'd rather explore comedy in that way now i i have more ideas that way than i do like ooh, that's a good idea for a joke Mm-hmm. like that strikes me less often than like sitting around mulling over right ideas where i'm like this would be funny i wish i knew how to write stage direction where this wasn't just looks like it was written
0: by a high schooler. it almost sounds like kind of a larry david trajectory where he didn't stand up he got his credit among the comedians but he just kind of didn't do that and then he wrote the amazing shows or did whatever you know yeah but, and i uh, and again
1: i don't even care if i saw him i'd rather i just want to learn how to do it so that even if i like showed it to zach he'd he'd understand what I wrote you know same way with comedy I just wanted to get good enough at comedy in general that it's that you can operable yeah you can don't, speak
0: the language you can go on stage you can handle a, yeah. a decent spot
1: yeah because I know other comics are like I need to write a script because I've got a good idea I could sell like I don't even know if I could sell these yeah I just would like to know how to write them correctly
0: only one way yeah well gotta get in there right and
1: talking to people and people have been telling me stuff and there's programs
0: now and, yeah 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 you can get so many auto-formatting things yeah. and a couple YouTube tutorials and then makes the hard part is being creative and interesting doing it. And, um, yeah and the hard work doing of it. course right talent's the easy part most of the time it's that obsessive hard work and that's what makes the top comedians these days like the Kevin Harts and that kind of stuff is it's that hustle. like relentless hustle yes
1: I definitely believe that so much like if you, if you work your ass if you truly work your ass off in comedy and don't make it then, like you you're not funny, right? Because if you're if you're hitting it as hard as
0: you fucking can, but but do you have potential to be funny?
1: Maybe, but if you're working as hard as you can,
0: right? You have to learn how when to make that call, yeah. how, how much time to invest before you see a, a no Well, and results. I just don't think
1: if you're working as hard as you can, I th- I think if anybody was working as hard as they could, even if they're not the funniest person, they'd be. Mm-hmm. Funny enough to get by. If you're truly working at it, how many comedians crazy,
0: do you think are truly working as hard as they can? To fucking in Denver,
1: yeah, like maybe like two, three percent. Right. Yeah.
0: Is it is it like just kind of weirdly assumed that most comedians are like kind of treating this whole thing like homework? Yeah. And that like at the end of the day, it's like oh, I gotta write some shit together. I gotta get some stuff. I mean, it it's not supposed to be easy and fun, but like the dedication. This, I did, I've did. i talked to Proops
1: about this. That's kind of how we were talking about money back in the day. Because mm. he's like, well, yeah, you guys have, all of you have day jobs. And, yeah. like, the second we started featuring back in the day, we were making rent and food. Like, you didn't have to work. It became your job the second you were allowed in the club. Wow. Like, the second you graduated. It's like getting a job at a You were making place. enough money from playing bars and huh. playing fucking the club. Sure, because they were making the same at the club in the '80s as we're making now. That it that it clicked, and I think that would be, not touring comics like local features. They're making oh, you mean MC, as far as right, right? MCs host just features. like the 50, 7,500 kind of region. Yeah, yeah. I really think hurts comedy, man. I think it hurts what comedy overall. What does the the fact that the the money the money to oh, that support, you can't support yourself as a comedian it's got to be a hobby until famous. you fucking hit yes it's it's not sure. a workable job you can't be a blue collar artist doing it anymore you're making
0: nothing until you're making everything exactly and it's a huge flick
2: right?
1: you have you, either yeah you've it either got to commit to that thing of like if this is my only thing then I'm going to be a starving artist mhm or work a day job or just, or make or money somewhere else and hustle day day do, yeah do a bunch of other shit It sucks. there are and those then, days
0: getting p- home and you're like i've been on my feet all day i've been physical i've been da yep I wanna, you know
1: i know local comics can only tour right. so much a year because they can only take so much time off their job yeah before it becomes a risk of getting fired <sighs> it's it, unfortunate yeah it changes it when you're doing gig economy stuff all the time like we sell a lot comics sell a lot of drinks man yeah, they sell a lot
0: of drinks. We made a lot of tables. Yep. No, Delivered I meant, a lot of door dashes. I mean on stage.
1: Oh, oh. As far as getting our cut. Comics are uh, responsible yeah, comics for more Comics are not getting nearly enough money. Nationwide the, uh... than what gets kicked back out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean there's famous, uh, I guess, examples, especially like in the improv scene and uh, things like performers getting underpaid. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a whole other issue entirely, and kind of an issue that you don't have to worry about until you're good, good enough,
1: right? But I do think that's I mean, one of the bigger problems. Not not with Denver comedy, not with why I quit or anything. I didn't get to the point where the money would have been an issue for me yet, anyway. Yeah. But I do think the fact that in that's part of why I romanticized the seventies and the eighties in comedy. It's not even just that like there were less of them or the jokes were simpler,
0: and I could have <laughs> broke because I would have been just as smart then as I like. Mediocre white men were way more popular.
1: Yeah, it's it's not even just that. It's like, you, you could have emceed at Comedy Works and paid rent off of it. Yeah. You you could... Yeah, if you were B-list at fucking Comedy Works, that was... And you were getting on... Or if you passed at Comedy so, Works and you were getting on... Yeah. Two or three touring acts fucking shows a month for one of the nights they were here for the weekend. You were gold. Right. Like, that's... So, yeah. That's but, great for art. If you can commit to art... To a certain point point, then just make it where you can live an artist. Again, not like prosper and get rich. Sure. But if you can get by doing your... Keep your, your head above water. And having that be your main focus, mm-hmm. then you might turn it into the amazing craft that will propel you into being rich. Or change the Whereas world. Whereas I think there, it yeah. is treated much more like homework and as a hobby that is like homework mm-hmm. for a lot of our friends. Right. Especially once they get five or six years in. Mm -hmm. and that it is just you can lean on your old
0: jokes you can there's a lot of pitfalls and life
1: gets a little repetitive
0: yeah and you plateau probably aren't finding your style and part of me thinks maybe this is a big just part of my plateau because if i really didn't like want to do any of this i wouldn't be doing this podcast i wouldn't still be creative and be acting and creating content and trying to do all kinds of other crap i think maybe i just you know you need to Sometimes you just get bored of stuff. You need to put down one video game and boot up fucking Bubble Bobble. Yep. You know, like, Final Fantasy's great, but... Go back to when more 55 like Rodney. <laughs> but again, like, there's always that voice in the back of my head that's just like, hey, you don't deserve it then.
1: Yeah, that's... Oh, man. That's, that's like, really the main thing I get on myself about, too. It's like, well, if you don't... If you can't drag your own ass to a mic tonight, then... It's, it's... It's not even for you right like what you there's it'd be, it'd be pointless because like you obviously don't want to go to the smike. so even if you forced it you don't deserve it like, right weird in my head yeah you'll find a way shit. to
0: convince yourself you don't deserve it no matter what step the yeah. how far you get yeah. even after you're set your good set you're like well i didn't go out yesterday it didn't go out tomorrow there i'm not there's a uh i was one time having a fight slash conversation he did not uh, with my stepdad um Love him, but doesn't quite understand the entertainment business. And he's like, you know, if it were me, I'd really just try and come up with a completely novel idea and communicate it in such an effective way that no one's ever seen something like it before. And that's all you got to do. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that is all you have to do. Do you realize that's not like two cups of coffee and like a stack, a legal notebook? Like... That's a Uh, five to 50 year journey that may never come to fruition for reasons beyond you. You did everything someone else did and they just, you didn't have a lucky break or a million X factors that could happen. And like that misunderstanding, I mean, that's what makes show business so special. So special. Yeah. And you know, you do get a jump line. Like it's not a corporate culture where you have to work your way up a ladder. Like. If you're funny, you can fucking be Eddie Murphy, or you can be, you know, the new hot thing. Or you can be Stephen Brody Stevens, <laughs> and
1: be a legend just amongst comedians, and,
0: and still never get it. Yeah, right. Be like a... He's an interesting case. He's an interesting case for the... For, yeah, the especially for something like... But there's like been a so many Podcast analyzing comedians. the love-hate relationship with comedy, and how comedy can propel people. If, what if Brody never touched a microphone? I don't think that would have been better. There's, but yeah. Not to say, like, things would be, you know, but uh, you never, yeah. Like, that that pressure to be famous, he's someone who felt that a lot, you know? And you could tell the way he, you know, talked up his movie appearances and things like that, trying to, like, and that was part of the fun. Everyone, you know, but you can't mention to
1: any comic who doesn't know who he is. And you can mention to almost any normal person, they will have no fucking idea who he is. Right. Uh, Todd. Todd Glass, man. I don't know any comedian who doesn't know Todd Glass. Mm-hmm. I don't know any normal person who knows Todd Glass.
0: Huh.
1: Unless they're like into sure. a specific corner that's of a, podcasting. There should on be the a internet. name for comedians, comedians in that culture. Comedian's that, comedian.
0: A com- yeah, yeah, there's kind of a comic song, huh? But. I, hmm.
1: And I don't even. But that's. Again, I would have been. Ha- I'd be happy with that the way Todd is. I don't think I would have tortured myself about it the way Brody does. Right. my goal was like always just be good. You'd be good. happy with being a comedian. Oh, my comedian. God. Right. That'd probably right. be better than... It's,
0: a lot of times, it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Right.
1: Oh, the best feeling in the world is making a comic you look up to laugh.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You've, got, you've done that. Right. And then the podcast and stuff like that. Even though podcast laughs is different than stand-up laughs, of course. but Or maybe they're not to you. No, or, the, or no they, it matter. Or they totally, are. You know, or maybe they're not at all. Honestly,
1: okay? like... Hanging out laughs. If you can get a, re- if you can get a gut laugh out of somebody just hanging out, man, right? That's like one of the most money things on the planet. Hmm. It's getting somebody laughed where like they have to like re-posture in a chair. Yeah. When you're just sitting eating, or like,
0: that's why we do it in the first place. Yeah, I agree totally. Like, learning, like, enjoying being a f- just like, you were funny before you started stand up. Yeah, and you now were I just a funny person in life, and now you're even funnier.
1: I learned a couple more tools. And learned how to tone down some of the other bad habits that we all had. Uh-huh. And I, I, my bad habits are coming back. That, that bothers me. Once yeah, once a while, conversationally, yeah. I'll say something where I'm like, that's dumb junior. Jesus Christ. What did Christ. You...
0: <laughs> you have an example? Like, do you remember? No, just, just like bad inflection little... and bad delivery. Right. You're just like, can I do that again? Yeah, just yeah, real, Think like, so? I mean, it was a, there was a good
1: idea in there. I just came across like an idiot. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know it's good. You once you stop holding yourself to that, then that's when you got to worry. Once you let yourself go, yeah. uh, from a mental metabolism, as it were.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, making making comics, especially yeah, comics you look up to. That's the best.
0: Mm. Right, it's like making your parents laugh or making anyone when you're young or like authority figures or anyone yeah. who has power over you. Yeah, laugh except even better it'd be like if i liked people who had authority
1: over me when i was younger and then making them happy
0: <laughs> right they have like entertainment authority
1: like yeah it is a weird thing of like haha, i fucking win
0: i fucking win <laughs> i get it
1: i just made paul thompson spit water out my fucking life oh, is great. So great yeah
0: all your favorite comedians are such fun um kind of alternative whimsical verbose all the people you've mentioned Greg Pru oh, PFT yeah, great dudes. Dana Gould. Gould these are special like you know people on a, a Mount Rushmore thing but again they're all people that if you look outside of comedy you know they know Greg Proops from whose line and, yeah uh, that's about it that's it um, which I think can also be cool that might be the best way because he once kno- you break through you're noticed everywhere once you're you know like you get to Patton Oswald or like a bigger. And you're on things all the time, right? There's no peace. These people can be famous, yeah, in these locations, and be normies in the other locations. I I bet, I bet there's a good sweet spot to that. But you know, I always keep in mind everyone says they're unhappy. Like everyone's always reaching. Even the stars, the people who you think are successful, they're reaching most often to like. Probably not the people you talk to. They sound like well-adjusted, like... A bu- there's a lot of comedians who get it, but... A bunch of them are, but still still not. It's shredding even the people who don't quit. Yeah. It's like... They're still
1: not super sure. Mm-hmm. The only comic, and I don't I don't want to name drop on here, but Chappelle's the you only... You don't g- want... Now you don't want to name drop? I don't want to drop Chappelle, because <laughs> I'm not right. friends with Chappelle. All I right. get to hang out with Chappelle when he's in town. Mm-hmm. We're friendly. He knows me. We have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. But... He, he, he's, the way he carries himself, and the way he views comedy. Yeah. But he'll, he, he'll start a story until he you to pull out a notebook and write this shit down because it'll be worth money when I'm dead. And like, hmm. he, he gets that he, he can be cool to everybody and show up at a new talent night at Comedy Works and make 40 comedians fucking year. Yeah. And like, that's, that's really neat. But he's all, he also just couldn't give a fuck less. Hmm, pretty Proop, fun proof and dana still kind of hang on whether or not the night went well
0: right yeah i don't think dave gives a fuck if he walks the audience mm-hmm. i can see definitely the personalities differing as far as like that self-critical yes yeah, like, they're all
1: still very much comedians in the I, sense that they care if i laugh in the room too mm-hmm. i don't i've never
0: hung out with dave and got the feeling that he gave up. cares if anyone laughs what my response ever. was <laughs> to what he said sure yeah yeah, he's in that goat goat position right now. I mean, it's definitely uh, he's our Carlin, he's our Pryor for sure. Um,
1: yeah, and if he wrote too, he'd be our Mulaney.
0: <laughs> Mulaney is like a kids' special out now. That yeah, so it's funny. wild. It,
1: it was. Why not? That's, See, one, that's one of the only important. specials I've watched recently. That and Michelle Wolf's special blew my mind. Hmm. That was really good.
0: Yeah, did she like break? some sort of convention or is it just a good stand-up No, it's just a solid, solid fucking hour. What made you watch that when you still, like, avoid other specials? Uh,
1: it bums, it, (laughs) I don't know, it bums me out less seeing people who, like, got to a place through being, like, TV personalities than it does who are just, like, pure stand-ups. Like, Soder's set and I'll and I'll watch him begrudgingly because that too. Like I am probably, like I'm never gonna run in socially to Michelle Wolf, but I'm gonna see Soder uh-huh. probably in the next couple. He'll come home to see his mom, and, and I'll see Soder. Mm-hmm. And when he asks, like, "What do you think of the special?" I don't want to lie, so like I'll watch Soder's special and enjoy it, but also just be in the back of my head because I spend time after. Her. Watching a special, like, man. Should I do comedy? And I, I did love it. It was stirs great. up all those feelings. Mm-hmm. Is this a plateau? We're on a plateau. We're taking a long break. Like uh-huh. I never got high enough to take a plateau break. But
0: <laughs> I think, it's over. Yeah, yeah. One of the many mental, uh, fun, fun uh, pitfalls slash mazes to get in. So yeah, uh, that's cool. Michelle Wolf was good. We recommend that. I and, do. Um, and
1: Soders was amazing. Mm. Soder's is really good, too. Okay. You not watch any still? Or are you back to, like...
0: I No, I still watch. I watch, but I kind of... I I still will put stuff on, like, my Netflix, Netflix queue. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have to push myself once in a while to be like, all right, watch some stand-up. And I'll always be happy I watched it. And I'll always be able to find a place where I can put all my old bullshit aside... And I can just enjoy what's happening, the stagecraft, the delivery, and all the, the fun elements. Um, I'm definitely critical, you know. But it comes from a place where I've, like, honed a lot of my stuff. And I, you know, I walked away from comedy not because I was getting bad results. Yeah. I'm, I, I wasn't getting the best results, you know. I was not the top and top, but I was always in the top half of the show. And yep. I always got... Such nice compliments from people that, even though I doubted myself, it kept me going. Yeah, um, And I've had a bunch of weird, fun experiences and lows and all that shit. But all that aside, I, I do still like to watch stand-up. But someone has to, like, prod me to do it. And um, some guy at work told me to watch uh, Adam Sandler's special, but I still haven't. But I also, like, watched Nanette as soon as I read an article about it. You know, or which doesn't almost count. But, yeah, yeah. but I still liked it. I have watched all the Chappelle ones. I liked. I watched the Bill Burr one, and I Paper Tiger? did not uh, like it very much. No. But, um, but I'm like, damn, am I changing? Is he changing? Is comedy changing? Like, it's funny going through stuff where like I used to really like. I still like Bill Burr. I yeah. Just didn't like that one. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but Louis was. A, I was a huge Louis fan and followed him early in his career, and now it's an interesting part where like, the backlash is almost dying down, and people are. I don't know. I'm hearing Joe Rogan say stuff about him, him coming and, back, and it kind of seems like he's more in the like Al Franken territory rather than the Harvey Weinstein territory. Um, yeah. Even that being said, you know, I'm not trying to apologize or defend. I'm not his, either. I think play. I
1: think that'll be weirder for him. With, with comics. I think the general public will probably get it over faster than comics. Interesting. Know those girls. Right, right. Yeah, that he called liars in public for five years before having to own up to it.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: For sure, those crimes are, un, you know, unforgivable, and unforgotten. I
1: also think of the first time the rumor I got forgotten. brought up. If he would have apologized, um, things would have gone differently sure. for him.
0: Right, there is an aspect like you can achieve forgiveness, even even at this rate. If he, you know, it's harder. He'd have to dig deeper and. Well, it's it's harder to say you know, like right. I'm
1: sorry. I didn't know something's wrong with me when. You're like, but then why'd you lie and make people out to be liars for five years if yeah. you had something wrong with you, you felt bad, you couldn't control? hmm Yeah, it's yeah. interesting to, like... Like, you had that realization five years ago when you got called out in public. Why are you just telling us about it? Like, that's the weird thing where it's like, oh, so you acknowledged you were a monster and then kept doing monstrous shit. Mm,
0: right, very Cosby-esque, just less rapey.
1: Yeah. And then it was weird, too. Eh. Much we much don't, right we don't need to go down that. But it was weird, too, when Sarah Silverman came out and said all that shit. Which... That he's done it forever.
0: Oh, oh, that she, he used to do it in front of her, and he's she's like, Gross! Put your dick away, Louie!
1: No, that's cool and great. She didn't say shit during those five years he was calling those girls liars, either.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty complicit. Where
0: does the responsibility lie, right? Well, right? that's just I mean, complicit. Open, open secrets in... in uh, I mean, there's a lot of comedians that, like... You know, that's what Weinstein, people were goofing Weinstein jokes, like, a couple years before Me Too did. Oh, yeah. Seth, or for many years. McFarland right. was hitting it hard. Famous, right, and he's like, what the fuck, people? Right. Oh. Uh, you know, I'm glad we're in an age where those open secrets are, I mean, 50 years ago, way less than that. Open secrets just died with people. Oh, yeah. They got away with their whole life, that British dude, and freaking kid entertainer. Anyway, it's a, that's another version of the comedy, like eventually your heroes will disappoint you kind of a thing. Yep. Um that's not necessarily true, but a, a lot ways, of them will. Yeah. Like that's but what again, separates they're people. They're not hero f- they're not imp- they're not perfect beings, you know, like uh No. But we're holding them, you know, you you have you hold people like that to higher standards just unnatural naturally, accidentally. Yeah, cuz you know, there they are. Uh, and then you you know Trying to become one of those—it's comedy's nuts.
1: Comedy is nuts. It's one of the craziest things you can do. You're trying to become something you look up to, but in a, your total own way. You gotta, you gotta be your own person. Make it work. It's, it's, it's a blast. It's, it's just. Great. I'm lazy. I can't.
0: I mean, after all, everything you talk about doesn't really just come down to that. It's like.
1: It really does, because at the end of the day, when I have a conversation yeah. myself about wanting to do stand up, I it's probably like, should drag my ass down to the mic mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you're like and a better comic would
0: <laughs> is it is it you know a matter of when all's said and done I want to just enjoy my life a little more and the 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 possible outcome of like rolling the dice for this risky comedy career thing is not worth the guaranteed comfort of a non-hustling life kind
1: yeah kind of I also doing comedy I kind of fucked up the comfort of my non-hustling life when I quit being a machinist mm-hmm. but yeah it, it kind of is and it, it also is just like I have to put in the effort I put in for my normal life either way mm-hmm. I have to make enough money to, to pay rent and get by and then comedy almost just feels like signing up for another job
0: it's not going to pay.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it for is. For the most part. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it's an amorphous job with no real hours except for all the time you could be doing stuff to be better and funnier.
1: And that, too. Like, it is. There's a. As much as every once in a while I get in my head and say stuff, mm-hmm. I don't have the nightly getting on my own ass because I'm staying in anymore. You've and learned to. Yeah. That just went away. And that's. You got to be kind to yourself. That's, that's a night quiet what, as well.
0: What made. Did it just fade away or were you. Did you catch yourself one day and be like, look, man, I'm just not going out. Stop beating my, me up. No, me. It,
1: it just finally faded away. Yeah. Yeah. Because even when I had made the decision of, like, I'm not going out, it'd still be... I'd be sitting watching TV and notice it was, like, ten minutes till Mike oh started. God, still go. And, yeah, have that rush, like, fuck, I should probably go out to the car. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette. God damn it. Like, I shouldn't be this stressed about whether or not I'm doing a thing. Uh... Yeah, it was weird. But the, all the, that was very much gone. One day we're now I'll be hanging out with comics. We're like, "Oh shit, it's Friday. I'm gonna walk over to Three Kings and like, have fun." <laughs> right. I'm gonna keep getting high and yeah. finish this movie we started. <laughs> I'll probably come over in like 45 minutes when the movie's over. But it doesn't even cross my brain like uh, most of the time.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I, I, you know, something I always say is part of doing comedy is not doing comedy. Yeah. The longer you do comedy, you're eventually, something's going to happen in your life where you're going to have to take some kind of break. Yeah. You know, and whether it makes you stronger or weaker, or, you know, I know comedians say if they're not on stage for a week, they don't feel like a comedian anymore. Yeah. This, there's a lot of, uh, framing that you can always do. Like, ugh, this sucks and I have to do it, or yay, it's an opportunity, I get to go do something I love, and even if it sucks because I'm not as in shape as I could be. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to provide entertainment value here, and... Scratch some experience points into the bank.
1: When you think about going back, would you write all new material?
0: I I mean, part of me thinks uh, getting bored of my material is, you know, when you're not excited about material, you're less likely to go out. It happens to comedians all the time. You have to learn to get over that to hone good material, but once you own it... uh, Yeah, I've always been bad at that. I I should have recorded an album back in Miami. I had a very tight little, like, half-hour, 45-minute thing that would have been great. And I, I let other... Comedians convinced me not to, and that I would hate it. And, and then da, you grew to hate da. the material anyway. And then I just kind of outgrew the material. Yeah. But like a tattoo, it would have been an awesome stamp of the time. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've got videos of stuff like it, but I, I definitely regret not doing that. And um, and it's weird to feel at both like my ship has sailed and that I'm stronger than ever, and that if I just get back in there, I can, I can get what I want if I decide I want it. Yeah. You know, but, um, do I want it? And is it harder to get than it used to be to the point where the scales have tipped or, you know, what do I want out of life? You know, do I, it's, it's a, yeah.
1: Dude. Yeah. And then there's other, there's other examples of people who've pulled it off and people who haven't.
0: There's many more of the knots. There but many there's many more some, of the knots. There's some spectacular pulls. Aftel's sure.
1: last special wasn't trash, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have been a special.
0: <laughs> right, I mean, you get all these... That was a
1: solid local feature act. Stand-up type people that yeah, do comedy. Yeah, but he used to do scene taking 20 years off from stand-up right, right. and then went back and did eight months and then did a special.
0: Right. But Couldn't have been easy.
1: But there's other people that... It, Chappelle took 15 years off. Mm-hmm. And then came back and practiced for six months and then did us two specials. He, I heard he
0: was been, I mean, he was like dropping in here and there in England and all this stuff. But I feel a like l- he t- t- a t- little t- bit when he reduced, probably t- arm who twisted. Knows, yeah. T- right, 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 right. But, right, I, I think you think once you, I guess it's different for everyone, but if you retain your skill, you know, in cool, in cool down mode, you know, how much, how much, uh, well, but, Accumulates, Or
1: how comfortable you are with, like, changing your skill. Because
0: once you get to a certain level, I think you're just there. He,
1: he told, he told set-up punchline jokes when we were kids, man. Yeah. Killing him softly is all... It's all pontification, observation nonsense now. Hmm. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not... the for, His format is gone.
0: He's evolved. Yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. But I,
1: I don't know if it was evolved or if he just... Did that style. Took 15 years off. And, the and now same doing
0: the same style. And just did a new style. In a new age. Just did oh, a different thing. It's right. been
1: 15 years. Like, I can't remember how I thought 15 years ago. Hmm. When I was 16 years old, I have no idea how I I'd put together a plan. I yeah. was a lot better at it than I am now, but I don't know what my steps were.
0: It's weird to think of the person you were when you started versus the person... You become and yeah, are they still there? Oh yeah, yeah. Or is it just the wiser? You know, you grow up. You you have a comedy age, just like you have a real life age. Yeah. You meet you know sixty year olds who are two years in, and they have that naivety. And then you meet twenty year olds who've been doing it for five years, and you're they like these old like and jaded Bo souls. Burnham husks yes. <laughs> Bob Burnham husks. Little potlets. It's strange. And then, you know, that life... Like, you need to live some life to be a great comedian. There's a reason that not... Like, all our favorite comedians are... In their 30s or over, pretty much. There's some young ones out there, but by no means the, the majority. No. You know, you need certain... You need cracks and... Mistakes and... And, and, and life. And growth and...
1: And enough of that life that once you hit, to maybe hit again. Because hmm. I think that's happened to a lot of young comedians that have been allowed to break in the past, as they... One hit wonder kind of a thing or not just even one hit wonder they just run out of steam they don't have you know if you're 30 and you hit you've got all of your 20s to talk about Mm. like you've you've got all that adult observation and probably being a comic and storing it in your brain in a very compartmentalized comedy way right to play with once you hit or you can Hit after, like, four years of comedy and have this big special everybody thought was awesome and then get rele- relegated to, like, 20-minute specials on Netflix, which has happened to a couple of comics in the right. last couple of years.
0: Sure. That's a lane. Yeah, because you don't... The half-hour lane.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nikki. Nikki mm-hmm. is one of my favorite comics to watch. I love Nikki Glaser. Mm-hmm. But she hit four years into stand-up. And she doesn't have a second hour to put out right hmm. away. Right. Like... She needs a good time. problem, but right. A, it's a great it's like problem.
0: It's it's a problem that not every comedian can overcome because they might not have a- a learned, learned how to grow as people. The crops. Yeah, right.
1: And 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 get past it. I'm just thinking of ones I can think of all the time. There's other comedians. I'm sure it's destroyed. Sure,
0: you're, and you're good at that. I I definitely like when I got into comedy. I lost my comedy nerd aspect. Like I used to collect and curate and all this stuff, and I I still do in small ways, but like. I don't know, I always have this distance. I never wanted to reach out on Twitter to these people. Like, I always keep my distance whenever I'm near them. I never try and strike up conversation. I think I'm just weird <laughs> Weird with... I put too much...
1: Not at all. The only ones that I'm like, I've like, I don't reached...
0: want to treat them like a celebrity, so I'll just treat them like nothing, and I won't talk to them.
1: The only ones that I've made... Acquaintances or friends with that I like looked up to as a kid mm-hmm. was through the podcast. It was because Jake and Zach didn't look up to him as a kid and booked their ass, and then we're like, hey, we're gonna have fucking Dana Gula podcast. We can be like,
2: what? <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. And then just going in there, like, you can't do the fucking, you can't do one of those goddamn uh, Chris Farley interviews. You gotta, you gotta pull it out. Meaning, you can't go in there and just be like, hey, remember that time?
2: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you were on, who's on his anyway? Hey, Dana, remember when you wrote the did like some of the best episodes oh it was cool yeah it was really cool what's conan o'brien like (laughs) oh it's true
0: yes you know
1: it's like going in there with just Uh, the mindset of not doing that but so many of the comedians that i'm cool with or made friends with weren't big because of being a nerd. i'm into a lot of c-list comedians
0: underdogs are kind of the, the most fun part of that yeah
1: I a lot of people don't like him, but like when I first made friendly with Pete Holmes, he was playing college campuses, mm-hmm. and I just thought he was fucking hilarious. Was like Hitting him up on Twitter, like, hey, I know it's a closed show at the School of Mines. Can you get one pedestrian person in? And I'm like, yeah,
0: come on through.
1: And then he'd be stoked, because he didn't have fucking fans. So he was just friendly with fans still at that point, even though I was being a fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, you can't you can't have expectations. I think, and I think I I just have so many expectations. I just stay away. But that's you're that's very cool that you've gotten to cultivate such like cool relationships. I think from the comedy scene. Yeah. I um. Think I think to. that's more than a lot of people get out of it, and that's like a special thing. For yeah. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of people try to get stuff like that in the wrong way, and like you know you have your green room, people and your hanger-ons and your always-ons, and uh, is there anything worse than New comedians trying to make a famous comedian laugh, like, immediately.
1: Yeah. Like. Or when it's obvious that you're doing it because, like, for some reason in your
0: mind, that's a leg up. I mean, oh, there's always that fantasy, like, oh, I met so-and-so, we hit it off, and now I'm going with on the road and opening for him. Yeah, it does happen, it, but.
1: It does happen, but you have to have the skill set.
0: It's an, it's like another mix of luck and opportunity, and yeah. skill. Me
1: and Dana love talking about old Ramblers together. He's not gonna put me on his TV show, and <laughs> that's not why I want to talk to him about Ramblers. Which is probably why we have fun talking about Ramblers.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a there's another aspect that's like the funniest things ever are are in the moment, and that stand up comedy, as funny as it can be, when they think of those things, they're like, it's the funniest on that inception. Yeah. Like, that's the funniest a joke ever is. The
1: moment it breaks in your brain, when it made you laugh.
0: Right. Yeah. And you were like, I need to capture and share. And cultivate and hammer this out. Ah, joke craft. I love it. I mean, I love the skill set. It's funny. I'm like, try not to feel ungrateful to comedy while I'm also criticizing it. And I think it's within the realms of comedy to criticize it. Because comedy is a critical art in itself. it's a brutal thing to do to yourself. It is like, it's a lens. And you pointed at something and... People are going to see it in a different way and not always a flattering way. hmm And hopefully you pointed at the right things in the right ways. All right. Um, we're getting to the point where we are now waxing. Nice. Um, and that's not just a dab term. It's a moon term. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, we've hit most of my major questions organically, which is something I love to hear. Hell yeah. Um... Do you have any regrets? What's like a major regret in stand-up? Like, I always think like, did I try hard enough? I know, like, I would even in the moment, I'd be like, I'm not sprinting, I'm jogging. Yeah. I'm, I'm smelling the roses of comedy along my way. And maybe I should have been hustling super hard the whole time. And if I'd done all the work I did in Miami, in Denver, I would have gotten so much more back from it because there was an actual functioning scene to appreciate and help me cultivate myself there was
1: yeah there was the areas for you to be placed at next after putting in the effort yeah Yeah.
0: um but i have since come to calm myself i have a fun ambling interest i've explored so many different things tangential to comedy since getting into it yeah um I I'm interested in all kinds of stuff and you know I've been working jobs and dealing with life and being in a good relationship finally and Hell yeah. there's a lot of cool things um, so I I've like I have some balm to put on that regret when it flares up yeah <laughs> you know in a in a pimply way um, do you have any regrets like that that we can put some balm on
1: been pretty similar I regret that I didn't work it harder when I was doing it.
0: You could have hustled more. You could have got more could, mics. I could have. Show di- with... No, I
1: could have just hustled more. I could have taken it a little bit more serious and not treated it so much like homework, like mm-hmm. we were saying earlier. And then, being the comedy nerd I was going into wanting to do stand up and starting stand up, I was naive to things that are embarrassing to me now
2: <laughs>
1: and did. All those sex pot showcases, I never repeated a joke. I'd write a new seven minute set. I love that. I had no idea until Sharpie one day was like, dude, that's crazy, do You did a whole Every new time? seven minutes from last month. Like, what do you mean? He's like, Don't you run jokes? Like, no, it's a little, what, what? <laughs> Yeah. Like, I wish I would have known that at the beginning. I, I think mean, I would have built a better work ethic sure. if I had understood the work uh huh from a more natural how it works perspective than Right. From a nerd perspective. But it was also a good exercise to have to come up with fucking new material yeah, every right. time I was gonna go. Exactly. Yeah. It's
0: acknowledge acknowledge that it does feel uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. every comedian has to make, if not those mistakes, similar mistakes. Yeah. Or else there's you've already you can't know this stuff. There's just no way to know this <sighs> stuff at first. And uh, that's that's good that at least your regret spurned you to generate more material quickly, which, when you're a new comedian, honestly, is the best thing you should be. You shouldn't be trying to hone the first garbage shitball you pop out. Like, the good stuff is a-coming. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, also, there's no way you could have known.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I but wish that, I knew what I But But that, that's one of those when dumb I was younger, regrets start. when I think about it, where it's like, man, yeah. if I would have started with
0: better fucking work habits. If I was already, like, two years in when I was zero years in, I yeah. would have, I'd be two more years in. But... Everyone wishes they started younger. I started oh at like twenty-one.
1: I'm so glad I didn't start younger, dude. If I would have started on that's heroin, good. That's a good I'd oh, still be yeah. on heroin. <laughs> you know? There's no way I would have broken out of heroin. Hey, Mitch Mitchemberg uh, for a
0: time made it work.
1: Oh, I would that's what I'm I would have made it work, dude. I'm telling you, one, I would have never gotten bored with comedy. Because oh. heroin makes everything great. <laughs> and and two, I was so relaxed about everything <laughs> when I was on heroin mm-hmm. I I know in my heart I would have been like two years ahead of myself the whole run I would have been two years more comfortable on stage the first
0: time because of the heroin oh, nullifying dude. stage stuff you and, like, could give life stuff. fuck what's and going Andrew, on but you'd still care to be funny and like oh yeah
1: because I still had that right how I, interesting I still to, had like... the drive to do it then I just when I was that young I didn't think it was a thing and we were making gross money on drugs, so it was like, why would I do anything else? Right. Pussy and weed.
0: Um, you were living a Scarface type lifestyle.
1: It was lovely, and uh, then yeah. So uh, yeah, I thank God.
0: How interesting! I it, thank God I didn't start at like nineteen. Heroin's years old. almost like a, like a status, effect that like it had a lot of negative debuffs for you and like very few. Many.
1: It was expensive. Uh huh. It upset my ex because she got clean, and I You're didn't you like, her' was actually
0: great. Everyone's
1: The downsides are surprisingly few. And then it killed all my buddies who can't handle their high. <laughs> well, <laughs> that
0: sounds like their fault, I mean, uh, given the victim blaming. Never killed me. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, eventually it would have stopped your dick. And it oh. Pro- it would have probably done a couple other things. It was trying to stop my dick back then. Yeah. Uh, but, on the other hand... Plus four to stage fright nullification. I don't know. I, I got a weird feeling Keith Richards' dick worked the it whole time. Uh, <laughs> He's you can't use him as the standard. He I most men would die at twenty five doing what he does.
1: Yeah, I mean, except Michael Jackson, who secretly went down as the greatest fucking drug addict in the history of music. It's not acknowledged often enough that that motherfucker did more hard drugs than any rock star that has ever lived, Damn. and was still Michael Jackson. Was going to four-hour dance rehearsals on the shit that killed him, and doing all that shady shit the day before. (sighs) He could dance like Michael Jackson. Good lord! On that much heroin.
0: What? How do? How am I supposed to get the hustle? How are we supposed to hustle if we? Man, that's like unfathomable. It blows my mind. But yes, as as an interesting example of. uh, he, did, not, he you never know, got those rec- accolades. Not recommending. Well, I don't know. Would you, to the viewers, uh, feel like there's any young comics out there who are thinking about heroin as a way to kind of leg up in the comedy no, scene? No, don't
1: don't do heroin until it's legal, and then just do opium. Mm. But don't do it at all.
0: Have you tried kratom? Yeah. Is, is that. As someone who's done heroin, and it's often compared to—it's like having chamomile genre. tea to replace weed. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's so far off. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> My dad loves it. He's an old hippie who loves all sorts of things like that. Kratom's great. Yeah, but yeah, it's when a people good are like Isn't non-crazy it, alternative?
1: doesn't it work? Like, not weed works to anything works just as good. You can eat fried foods if you enjoy them enough, and it'll replace heroin for you if you're just trying to find. Everyone's got an addiction. Another little thing to focus on.
0: Everyone's got a neural pathway that's a little worn from pleasure.
2: Yeah.
1: I just like being fucked up on downers where I'm, like, in control. And the two that are available are, like, <laughs> weed and heroin. <laughs> Everything else is like, well, you'll fall asleep. Yeah. Damn. Even if I don't put it in my vein? Like, even if you don't put it in your vein, you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: Uh, where's a speedball when you need it oh fuck
1: it's been 12 years since i've had a speedball
0: (laughs) bless me father for i've speedballed it's been 12 since my last uh that's a different era you know think about the comedy the chris farley eras and the 60s 70s cocaine days the 80s all that kind of stuff kind of the same kind of not i mean we obviously don't have the same like rampant drug use but we do also have like Constant weed. Every comedian, Const, at least in Denver, constant is weed. There's, almost every comedian's high all the time.
1: There's an amount of cocaine still in comedy. Uh, the amount of coke blows my mind. Pun intended. No, th- not me. I can't do coke. I get a sinus infection, and people get weird if I want to smoke it. But <laughs> um, it does kind of blow my mind. But it's not done. It's not even done in the way I was doing coke. Like it. Does, nobody's
0: and now fentanyl could be slipped into anything and totally but i'd say i'd say most of synthetics.
1: my most of my comedy friends who do coke on a regular basis yeah do it more as a way to maintain the fact that they just worked all day and probably drank too much
0: right. during I, the show i think you got to get to a certain proficiency in comedy to start like doing coke for <laughs> like
1: yeah. benefits yeah
0: like, that's kind of a fucked up bar but, i think there was more of a right.
1: mindset in the 70s and 80s of like I like who I am when I'm on coke. Whereas <laughs> I think more of our friends are like, I'll do a little coke because I'd like to, stay I to double too. all day. Yeah. And I fucking Pump out a set. What's her name's giving me eyes? I gotta stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think overall, I think, I think drug culture for the younger crowd is a lot better. I right. Think, I think they're more honestly educated, and they have more access to shit. And I think they're less. I think. I, I, I th- and. Yeah. Kids now are watched so close, I think there's less of a chance to be a deviant who's getting, like, social points on it as, like, a a teenager now. You couldn't have a fucking 400 person kegger in, like, senior year where you get everybody fucked up anymore because everybody's parents track their phones and... Just the culture has the, changed completely. The culture's right. changed. Kids right. are more educated on how like our economy's
0: been falling apart for twelve years. And they're worried about climate change. They work harder. Like Yeah. Apparently they they drink less and they're having sex less.
1: Yeah, a lot less. But they you couldn't just drive into the woods and have sex for fucking twenty minutes and go back about your day. Your right. parents <laughs> will know where you were. <laughs>
0: you got a GPS tracker, you got cameras.
1: Yeah social media where people are posting whereabouts tagging people like you just can't the get... sex
0: driving scene is completely decimated these days no people still find a way to fucking cars
1: oh yeah I'm sure but I wonder how many of them are our age right, right.
0: yeah it's <laughs> like, come on for our old ba- times sake back hurts um yeah that's fun that'll always be something to to navigate um, comedy's not going anywhere anytime soon I'm happy about it that's always another thing comedy will be there That's another thing that brings me kind of assurance. I'm like, I got to rush back. Comedy's going to be there. Yeah. it's always funniness is going to be appreciated. Yeah. Especially in apocalypse, you know, stand-up comedians (sighs) provide a pretty awesome skill to a a survival camp.
1: Hey, yeah. Or maybe... Once you
0: got the farming and the water everything.
1: If the earthquake hits the fucking West Coast hard enough, they're going to need all of us. Just sink Just all of snow. LA knock them all out in all the of LA sinks into the ocean dude
0: uh I mean think uh, LA and New York are the two most important American cities are like popular and uh-huh. if we they were to get if we were to get attacked yeah simultaneously and all those cities were nuked god forbid dude, Adam Caton Hall to be the biggest actor. in the getting, country yeah, there's a lot of Netflix, <laughs> lot of Netflix there's specials there's not that many guys hiding in the middle of the country uh, uh, the Grawl Exploers have their own network now that's yeah that's true uh Uh, you know it's like that presidential thing where all the people die yeah the succession goes to like the janitor of the white house yeah be like the postman (laughs) but with comedy people say that's how Netflix is now it's like the way they gave him out one thing interesting I heard you used to open with your second best joke close with your best joke yeah I've heard comedians now because the Netflix audience trails off before they can reach the closer they open with it now no way because of the fucking play next shit no just because people peter out and fall asleep before they can no one can finish oh, a whole hour long special anymore that's so to guarantee sad. that they see the joke yeah i don't know i want to i want to find out exactly who's done it but i hear it's like a thing
1: i believe it that's I hear. Just sad. people are doing this i think hour long comedy is like one of the most beautiful formats
0: mm. all right jake we've covered so much uh, I think it's a great introduction to what we've come. Is there anything else, like, about generally the experience of comedy, not necessarily having stopped or started it in any way, or just, I guess, what you appreciate the most about it existing, or any final comments? I don't know. Uh,
1: the Very mo- open-ended. I appreciate the shit out of comedy. I think the most I appreciate about comedy existing is that it, it's like, it's the it's the easiest and it's got to be like the healthiest way to like reframe how you're thinking Mm. and like how you approach ideas and stuff if you if you if you get tricked into laughing at an idea it becomes so much more approachable Mm. like forever and that's like alchemy man Mm. yeah it's awesome how people are like there, there's terrible comics. who will say like the policing of like language and stuff stops them from doing that. And then there's amazing comics who can like work within the confines and still, just make like huge lasting impacts on people.
2: Because
1: hmm. that's that's the difference between stand up and vaudeville. So you're you're expressing yourself instead of just expressing humor. Mm. And, and you, you get you get to give. You can't you separate get, them. You get to give people. Yeah, you, know, you get you you can you can clown it up up there there's comics who do different things but that is that's how they feel like right yeah uh character bits or whatnot or or even pete holmes when he starts like freaking out and like that's how he is like mm. he's this that's that's how that's his approach to what is funny he's being personal about it it's not he's not doing that to elicit a reaction when he's being himself in the joke like the setup and the punchline and the premise are there to get a reaction, but the rest of it's just him presenting it. Mm. That's the coolest. It's like, it's like church for fucking people that don't suck.
0: Right. Like, it's funny to think about that. Cause it's like you have rock music's great. Christian rock sucks. Yeah. It's like if you reverse that formula from church and you are like, if you take the Christian out of church it's... and then like church is just like a non-religious thing without that ulterior motive, Right, that is kind of yeah, up comedy like slash sermon. politics. Yeah, I don't know. There's a adding that extra element that's so hard to add that adds so much more value.
2: Yeah,
1: getting people to actually laugh. That was the huge service in politics that Colbert and fucking uh, Stewart served. Hmm. They could get people to laugh at them at themselves, even if it was in private in their own house watching cable. Yeah. They laughed at the concept of their own idea and then had to assess that idea. Maybe not right then. Maybe not even that night. Mm -hmm. But the next time it got challenged, they they at least subconsciously have to acknowledge that they laughed at that idea.
0: Right. Yeah. The challenge of it. Yeah. Ah, what a powerful magic, as you say. Alchemy. It's fucking dope. (sighs) Well, thanks so much, Jake. Hell yeah. For being my first guest on this exploration I I didn't, I I think we pulled off my goal, which was I didn't want it to sound like a whining or a, like a, I couldn't make it, like kind of a thing, like just an exploration of venting. There's a difference between venting and whining. Yeah. Where venting is legitimate exploration of ideas and stuff, and whining's just like going over stuff in the circles because you're unhappy. Yeah. Um,
1: that's, that's one of my biggest regrets going back to that question, though, is I still don't know whether or not I could have made it because I never put in mm-hmm. any kind of effort
0: but isn't it funny? Like, that's the idea that starts you in the first place. If I don't try, I'll never know if I can make it. Yeah. At least we tried. And, yeah. You know? But just to show you, that might not ever go away. Yeah, because now I you, still don't you know. You could have a half hour special and be like, yeah, but I should have tried to write that movie for Quentin Tarantino. I had this really cool idea and I think he would have liked it, but whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That that demon never propels you do to do things, but has sharp claws. Yeah. Ah! Oh, thanks again, Jake. Hell yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah.
1: Cigarette, let's do it to Awesome.